Okay, so today I want to talk about a couple of things, but they're mostly centering around one idea, and that is to look at your habits, to look at what you're doing currently, and just try and determine between before the challenge started and now that we're on the challenge, what's changed? That's the central question for today. What has changed? What am I doing differently? How are you changing your habits to get better? Because that's really what we're all after, right? We're trying to lift more weight. We're trying to go faster during workouts. We're trying to lose weight, trying to gain more muscle. But to make those kind of changes, you have to make changes to yourself. And that doesn't always involve some grandiose programming change or you know, anything significant. What I want to argue here is that a lot of times getting better macro requires a lot of micro decisions. So day to day, what are you doing differently to put a drop in the fitness bucket and change yourself over the long haul? So I want to tell a story very quickly, kind of circles around the point that I'm trying to make over the course of this episode. So when I was in Tuscaloosa, there was this athlete that I was coaching. And one of his big things was he really wanted to do muscle-up. This athlete was particularly interested in uh, putting a lot of his workouts on Instagram. He was doing a lot of things, hashtag for the gram specifically. He was also just trying to get better. He was a really good athlete, former baseball player. But he wanted to do the hard stuff, which is what a lot of people want to do, especially if they come in, they see us doing muscle-ups, they see us putting heavy weights over our head, any of that kind of stuff. People, you know, a certain type of people come in and they're like, yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to be that guy or that girl. So this guy comes up to me one day, I'm coaching this class and it's like uh, landmine presses, which you've never done those before. Uh, you're kneeling and you're the, the ball, the bar is kind of catty cornered into the wall and your one arm pressing the bar overhead, not a significant amount of weight, but it really, really helps with overhead pressing strength and just general body awareness, which you know I'm all about. So we had some landmine presses with the barbell. We had some front-leaning raises, but you've never done those. Your feet are on a box. Your hands are on the rings, and it's pretty much a uh, suspended plank is probably the best way I can describe that. And the other thing was ring rows. So we got Landmine presses, working on our pressing strength, general body awareness, a little bit of core as well. we got some front-leaning rays, which is like the worst plank you've ever done in your entire life. They're really, really hard. And then we have some ring rows, which I believe had a tempo. So none of those things are particularly sexy. That's, that's what I want to emphasize here. That They're not like the cool thing that you put on social media to be like, hey, here's what I did today. Unless you're a coach and you're a nerd like me and you appreciate that kind of thing. It's just not one of those kind of workouts. But what frustrated me was after this workout got done, this guy came up to me and he was like, man, I, I just really, I feel like I should be working on my muscle up. Like I'm trying to do muscle ups. I'm trying to link some of them together. And you know, he's nowhere close at this point. Like he's absolutely got the strength, but if you've ever seen a muscle up performed, it takes a little bit of finesse. It takes a lot of technique. There's a lot of moving parts. And so if you, even if you are, you know, the strongest guy or strongest girl in the room, if you don't hit all the points of performance on the way up on a muscle-up, you ain't getting up there. So, I like I said, I got frustrated because he was thinking, you know, I, if I'm going for a muscle-up, I should be working on muscle-ups and only muscle-ups, and I should be trying those. And 
my point to him was that, what do you think we're doing right now? You know, like if you think about the anatomy of a muscle up, you've got what is essentially a giant ring row there in the middle, a big pull. That's the only way you're going to get over the top of the rings consistently is that you pull yourself up, turn yourself over. So if we're going back to the ring rows that we were doing in the workout, if you hold that good tempo, build that good solid pulling strength, that's going to help on your muscle up. There's also a transition between that hollow body position and that arch position. So going from the C to the J and that's exactly what we were doing on the front leaning raise. So like, you know, that is one of the best exercises I could have prescribed to try and get somebody better at a muscle up because you need really good core strength. You need to be able to alternate between that hollow body position and that arch position pretty much on command. And it's not like on the pull up rig, which is stationary, like the rings are moving. So if you can't maintain a tight core throughout that movement, if you can't control your plank, can't control your hollow body, you're not getting up on the rings, especially not consistently. So those two are definitely very direct correlatives to working on muscle ups. And then the last one, landmine pressing, is just a terrific exercise in general. But once you get over top of the rings, it's a dip, but you have to have strong shoulders and strong triceps and just good general pressing strength to be able to execute that dip over top of the rings. A lot of times, especially with my ladies, they can get up over the top of the rings. Ladies generally have better technique than guys do. General body awareness is a little bit better but they can't dip out of it. And so like if you're trying to get stronger on the dip, one of the best things I can tell you is to strengthen your shoulders because you've got to be able to hold that position over top of the rings. And even if you've got great tricep pressing strength, your shoulders hold you in place to be able to execute that dip. And so those three things that we were doing in the workout were exactly what he needed to be doing, but he couldn't see it. He couldn't get past the I need to be working on muscle-ups. Like the best way to get better at muscle-ups is to do muscle-ups. And the thing about that is I, as a coach, could not disagree more with it. It's frustrating to have people consistently come and say, I want to do X or I want to do Y. And you can write them up the best program possible, but if there's no buy in there, if they can't commit themselves to developing at each stage of the anatomy of the movement, it's going to be a very difficult, tenuous process. And I say all that to say this, we are currently running a one-on-one concurrently with the six-week challenge. It doesn't happen all that often, but we're having an internal challenge as well as an external challenge. And I love that because when I'm trying to get better, one of the things that I have to do is vet myself movement-wise. And teaching one-on-one helps with that a lot because I have to go back and really examine the pieces of individual movements to be able to teach them to people who have never done them before. And if you've never done that before, it can be very challenging. Like what I I think is a fascinating social experiment is, you know, bring your best athlete in the gym and put him or her on the coaching floor and just say, okay, I just walked in the gym. I've never done any of this stuff before. I want you to teach me how to do a snatch and just see what happens because what happens a lot, especially with our more experienced athletes, is you get so used to the rhythm of things. Your muscle memory is so built up that if I asked you to diagram everything that you're doing, I think it would be a lot more challenging than actually executing the movement itself. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like We're not asking you guys to be coaches on an individual basis. But that being said, in this kind of situation where we're doing a challenge, where we're deliberately trying to better ourselves, push us push, push ourselves to places we've never gone before, I think it's a great opportunity to look back at yourself 
and look at the way you perform movements and really, really dig into and lean into the way that you do things. Because if you've been trying to get, you know, if you've been trying to squat 315 or if you've been trying to get handstand push-ups or do bar muscle up for two years and you still haven't gotten it, like there's probably a reason. And that's not a, a lot of people want to go for these big macro, like, oh, well, something's wrong with me. Like it's got to be, it's a previous injury or, you know, I just, I weigh too much. I don't have the right ratio. But the thing about that is it's most of the time goes down to daily decisions, little things that you do every day that's preventing you from taking that step forward. And so what I would challenge all of you to do during this time where we're trying to really dig into getting better is to vet yourself. Like go in and see, like if I'm doing an air squat or, you know, let's back up a little bit. If I'm doing a heavy back squat in a workout, you know, a lot of times in power, we'll have back squats from the ground. What I want you to do first is examine your air squat. Like take a few steps back and try and really look at yourself and say, okay, I do this when I back squat. I do this when I push press. I do this when I'm doing kettlebell snatches. Why? <laughs> why, why do I do the things that I do and how could they potentially be affecting me on a day-to-day basis? And that goes outside the gym. Like I had a great conversation with one of our athletes the other day and she wears high heels to work. Like that's just, you know, it's a professional attire situation. And the thing about wearing high heels is you put your pelvis in anterior tilt, it compresses those lower back discs, it can round your shoulders. It's just not a great position to be in on a day-to-day basis. So like, and, and there's a hundred or more stories like that in our gym every day. And what, what I told her was, and I would tell everybody else this, the exact same thing, is I can't tell you how to live your life. You know, there are certain things that we can't change about our schedules or about how we have to execute our jobs at work or, you know, whatever. Like, that's just the way it is. And we got a lot of people who travel a lot. And we're not asking you to completely overhaul your life for fitness. That's not, that completely inverts the whole purpose of Iron Tribe in the first place. We're not trying to cram your life into our platform. We're trying to integrate our platform into your life. So with that being said, if there are certain patterns that you are consistently encouraging on a day-to-day basis that aren't helping you, like it's worth examining those. Like a lot of times when I get home from work, one of the first things I do is go play FIFA and I play FIFA seated and I'm not always in the best, you know, upright position with, you know, my head touching the back of the couch and my spine totally straight. No, I'm slouching down. I've been on my feet all day. I'm exhausted. But you know, what I found is that's not, you know, I I can wake up and my back's tight. If I did deadlifts the, the day before or, you know, whatever squat clean, something like that, where my lower back discs are going to be compressed and I'm going to wake up, my back's going to be tight. And that's not all to do with FIFA, but at the same time, it is worth it to go through your daily schedule and be like, well, what's, you know, what is contributing to me not getting better that I maybe haven't thought about yet? Think outside the box, think outside the box. And that's, that's not just a fitness thing. That's, you know, if you want to get better, if you want your financial situation to improve, like being able to think about, you know, how are my daily decisions affecting that? Um, Thomas Cox, who's a, a Facebook fiend, puts up really, really wise words pretty much on a daily, like almost daily, just about that kind of stuff. About like, you know, if you want to be rich, 
Like that's a daily decision pattern. If you want to be fitter, that's a daily decision pattern, all that kind of stuff. Like I want us to stop being so macro focused and yeah, like when we set goals at the beginning of the year, a lot of them are pretty lofty and a lot of them are big picture and that's great. The thing about that is to get to a big picture goal, you have to make individual decisions every single day to make that goal happen. And within those decisions, you have to break each one of those decisions down. And a lot of times it's a lot simpler than what I'm making it sound like. It's just being able to understand those different levels is a big part of the process in the first place. You know, it, it's not understanding that it's not just, I'm going to flip a switch and all of a sudden I'm going to be able to clean and jerk 275, which is one of my goals for this year, being able to clean and jerk 275. That's not just going to happen. I have to daily come in and work towards that goal. And like I said, put a drop in the bucket. And eventually over the course of the year, we'll inch closer and closer to that being accomplished. Now, one other thing I want to discuss is how to continually be motivated to make those kind of decisions. That's not an easy process to continually commit yourself to doing those kind of things. It's a lot more convenient in most cases to just be like, oh, well, I don't have to do that today. You know, I got my four or five days in at the gym. That's good. I'll just, you know, chill out for the next week. (laughs) That's an exaggeration, but you would be surprised. That happens a lot. So how do you keep finding energy? How do you keep finding motivation to continually lean into those things? Because again, like developing your weaknesses is not fun. Nobody enjoys that. And so I, I would encourage you in that just being like, you're not alone. If you're not coming into the gym, if you suck at ring dips and you come in on ring dip day, you're not like, woo, ring dips, love ring dips. Like that's, we're not faulting you for that. Like it's, it's okay to not like things. <laughs> that's, um, a totally understandable part of all this. And we do so many things that chances are, unless you're just a freak, that there are going to be things that you're not as good at. And that that's applies to everybody. You know, like I'll use Troy as an example. He's an incredible athlete. He does things that I am not, was not fully aware were possible. But at the same time, I've seen him do strict handstand pushups. He doesn't love them. He's a big, tall guy. He's heavy, heavy in a good way. Sorry, buddy. I'm not trying to, get under your skin here, but he's not really built to do that particular movement, but he does it. Like he comes in if he's not afraid to go after that. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's okay to not like things. What it is not okay to do is to shy away from them deliberately because you don't like them. And so if you're, you know, we're all in the mood right now to go after those things and really try and develop ourselves. Like don't just develop the things that you're good at. Go for the things that you suck at. That's totally fine. And to me, how you continue to motivate yourself to do those kind of things is, you, I, to me, you have to have a core truth, some sort of underlying motivation internally that is driving you. And you have to be able to file everything under that umbrella. Forrest gave a really good talk about this at our last staff meeting. Like That's your purpose. That's your why am I coming into the gym? Why am I doing what I'm doing? And it's, it's unattainable. So it's a goal. Like for me, like my purpose right now is I don't feel like I've maxed out my potential as an athlete. Um, you know, my, I haven't really pushed the limits of my ceiling and I feel like my floor could be higher as well. But the thing is like, those are not concrete goals. 
and they're deliberately that way. You can never reach this goal. You can never come up with an answer to the question. If, if you understand my meaning like that, you're not ever going to attain setting this up. But the thing about that is everything that you're doing on a day-to-day basis ties back into it. So for me, building the floor up, you know, building up the ceiling, like I have to come in and lift heavy weights. Like I'm trying to get stronger. I'm trying to be a more consistently powerful athlete in the workout today. There's in the black division is a 365 pound deadlift and that's 90% of my max. And that's a lot of weight, but I don't want that to be, could I do it? Maybe I haven't tried, but I, I would prefer that coming in and doing a workout to see a weight like that on the board, that that wouldn't just be preposterous. and <laughs> I could actually uh, have a decent shot at it. So at least a puncher's chance of being able to, if not leaderboard the workout, execute it successfully and feel like I left everything out on the line. So I would encourage you to do the same. Something I heard this week that was really smart was – is from Ben Bergeron, who's one of the most famous coaches in the entire world. He's coached several CrossFit Games winning athletes. And what he said was, uh, he was talking about Catherine David's daughter, who's you know one of the CrossFit legends of that sport. And he, he was saying when he started training her, he wouldn't ask her what time she got. And I love that. But the, the idea behind it was, what he would ask her was, how did it feel? How did you, did you feel like you went as hard as you could? And he would judge how she did based on what she said. And so I would encourage you to do the same. Like sometimes it's going to feel like that goal is super far away and you're going to come in and things aren't going to go exactly the way that you wanted them to. Like today I came in and did push press. My push press max is about 235 and I did a, a strict press push press complex and all I got up to was 150. Okay. There's a big difference between 150 and 235. That's a long way off. But how did it feel? It felt heavy. <laughs> I felt like I was challenging myself. My shoulders were burning by the end of the workout. So you can't always go off the numbers. That's a great lesson, not just you know in fitness, but in, in life as well. Like So much of what you're going to get out of it is what you put into it. And if you're reading everything through that data-driven lens, you're going to miss a lot of you know, effort. You're going to miss a lot of what is valuable about the grind and trusting the process. So finding that motivation comes back to how do I want to feel? What core truth am I trying to, or what core question, what core goal, what core purpose am I trying to tie everything that I'm doing back to? That's going to make everything easier. And that's going to make all those little individual decisions, what I was talking about at the beginning, a lot easier to stomach. Because again, they're not fun. It's very difficult to get into that kind of mindset of everything that I do in here matters, but it does. And if you can find a purpose, if you can mark yourself, draw your line in the sand of this is who I'm trying to be, this is what I'm trying to be, regardless of whether I actually attain that, then I think it's going to make that a lot easier. It's going to be a lot more fulfilling. It's not going to be easier in the sense that the work isn't going to be easy, but it's going to be a lot more like I said, fulfilling, satisfying. It's going to make it feel like the work that you're doing matters and the work that you're doing is making a difference. And that's half the battle here is staying motivated and being able to come in with that sense of purpose and execute your workouts, execute your nutrition in such a way that you are feeling validated in what you're doing because you're pushing towards that purpose. So 
I hope that you can integrate all those things into your training. Don't sweat the technique, but also don't forget the fundamentals. Okay, That's the biggest thing I could tell you after all this. Look at yourself. Examine your individual decisions. Examine the way that you do movements and see if there's anything that can be improved. Look at your life in general. See if there's anything that you could try and fix to make yourself a better athlete, a better person, a better member of your community.